Here's Ruth chapter 2, which is our text for today. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go into the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you're thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I'm not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed to her roasted grain, and she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles from her, and leave it for her to glean. And do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. Then she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I worked today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all the harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Let's pray together again. Father, I pray that you will open our eyes to see beautiful things in your word. 
whether it's godly character or whether it's glimpses of the gospel, help us to see what you want us to see in your word this day. That's our prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Last time we looked at Ruth, we met a woman named Naomi. And Naomi left Bethlehem with her husband and her two sons, and they moved to Moab, attempting to escape a famine. But then Naomi's husband died, and her sons married Moabite women, which was against the custom and the law of that time for the people of Israel. Ten years later, Naomi's two sons died, and she was left alone in a foreign land with only two foreign daughters-in-law. Then Naomi decided to return to Israel. She said a tearful goodbye to one of her daughters-in-law, but one, Ruth, clung to her. And Ruth committed herself to go with Naomi and be Naomi's help. She declared her willingness to even adopt Naomi's culture, Naomi's home, even her religion. And the ladies returned to Naomi's hometown of Bethlehem. When they got back, Naomi took upon herself a new name, Mara, which means bitter or bitterness, saying that the Lord had dealt bitterly with her. And now we're left to wonder, with the two women in Bethlehem, is everything going to be darkness and bitterness for Naomi and Ruth? And we might even begin to wonder, why is it that the Lord saw fit to record such a sad tale in the scriptures? Why would we want to hear this story? Well, at the end of chapter one, I said to you last week, hope was on the horizon. And as we look at Ruth chapter two, we're going to see God lead the women toward that hope. Listen to Ruth 1.22 and 2.1 put together. So, Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Naomi and Ruth are back in Bethlehem. It's the beginning of barley harvest. It's around this time of year, by the way. It's the months of April, maybe the end of the month of April, just like it is today. It's not far at all removed from the time of the celebration of the Passover. There's a harvest coming in. God has blessed his people. The famine is broken, broken, and there's food for the nation. And here's the question that's on everybody's mind who's reading this. Is God going to provide for Ruth and Naomi? Well, verse 1 of chapter 2 introduces us to somebody new. We haven't met him yet, but he is going to be important. His name is Boaz. He's a worthy man, a man of character, and he's a relative of Naomi's late husband, Elimelech. So as we pick up the story, we'll see. We're also going to do what we did last week. In, in a story, in, 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 it's a true story. When I say story, I don't mean fiction. In this kind of an account, we're going to see people who behave with actions and attitudes that are godly. And when we do that, we want to notice those attributes. We want to notice those actions. We want those to be in our lives as well. And then as we watch it all and we sort of roll it all together, we can take note of the working of God behind the scenes, leading the people to provision, and God sovereignly working to keep all of his glorious promises. But that really comes more clear in chapters 3 and especially chapter 4. So what you should be ready to do 
if you're a note-taking kind of person, is we're going to write down seven things. Six of them are character traits that you want to put into your life. And the seventh is the overall point that's going to teach us what God's showing us here in this chapter. Look at verses 2 and 3. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain, after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. Now we've seen character in Ruth back in chapter 1. She left her homeland. She left her, her, her people and all of her culture so she could stick with Naomi and take care of her. Even though Naomi said, go ahead, go home. Nobody will blame you. And now Ruth, this woman of character, is the one who says, how about I go out in the field and do some work so that I can provide food for you and for me? Ruth, we see here, is eager to help. Even though the work that she's going to do is going to be very hard work. So take note, Christians. This element right here in Ruth, this is a, an example of a kind of, part, a kind of a character that you want to have. This is character you want in your spouse. Ruth was someone who was a willing worker, a hard worker. Eager workers, hard workers, you know this. They make life better. When somebody shows up and they just help, you love it. And this is who you want to be, Christians, at home, in the church, or on the job. So let's write down one thing, our first point for today. It's a character trait. Point one, be a hard worker. Children, this is worth it for you to see. This woman is godly, and part of her being godly is that she's willing to get up and go work hard to make sure that everybody's okay. Well, Ruth was going to go out in the field, it says, to glean and if you glean in a field, what you do is you go and you pick up the pieces of grain or maybe fruit that the first people who went through the field, the harvesters, couldn't get. They drop pieces here and there, and they can't, they can't worry about every piece that they stop and pick it up. They just have to keep moving. So sometimes items are left on the ground. Well, see, what God did here is in order to provide for the needy, God commanded that the Israelites not go back over their field a second time, that they not glean their own fields. They were to allow the poorest people to do that work. You can see Leviticus 19 verses 9 and 10 for that if you want to see it. But God provided a way here for the poor to find food while at the same time uh, not just looking for a handout. God didn't want them to be humiliated by just having to have people give them stuff. So God gave them a way that they could work in order to provide for themselves and not starve. But we know this. Not every farmer in the land during those days would have obeyed those laws. Some of those men were greedy and some of them were disobedient. We saw those traits time and time in the book of Judges. And that's why the text here says to us that Ruth is looking for someone in whose eyes she might find favor. And then verse 3 tells us that Ruth just happened to end up in the field belonging to Boaz. The Hebrew here is very interesting, by the way. It says that Ruth's chance chanced upon this field. You can already see that God's at work here, though, because the people of Israel knew that God is sovereign, and they knew that nothing happens by chance. 
Then as Ruth works in the field, we finally get to meet Boaz, the field's owner, in verse 4. It says, and behold, which means take a look, this is important. Boaz came from Bethlehem and he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. This is a beautiful introduction. A lot of times the first thing you see a person do in the Bible, the first thing you see is supposed to give you a picture of their character. Now remember in these days, the days of the judges, times are dark. The people of Israel are regularly, one by one, family by family, person by person, turning away from God. Elimelech ignored the commands of God to lead his family into Moab. But the first words of Boaz in this book, they are a blessing. He blesses his workers and his workers bless him in return. By the way, can you imagine working at a place where this is the way it sounds? He must have been a good boss. His workers bless him quickly and eagerly. They're not cursing their boss under, under their breath. They're not, they're not like, ah, oh, this guy's such a jerk as he passes by. There's something to learn from Boaz here. Just a, just a little attribute, and I would say it's worth keeping for point number two. You know, our world is full of curses. It's full of bitterness. It's full of people who complain and complain and complain. How nice would it be Christians, for us to be a people who bless more often. How nice would it be if you learned to find a good thing to say about the glory of God in a situation before you let your mouth go to the harsh, before you let your mouth go to the negative, to what's wrong first. So let's write down character trait number two, point number two, become a person who blesses. In the Bible, godly people pronounce the blessing of God on a regular basis. Maybe we can make that part of our character too. Then look at verses 5 through 7. Then Boaz said to his young men, man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, she's the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Here again, you can see more godly character in the person of Boaz. How? Boaz looks out among the field. He looks out among the poor people who are gleaning. And he notices there's a new poor person in his field. Many bosses would have never noticed. Many wouldn't have cared. I mean, you're a rich guy. Isn't one poor person much the same as another? But Boaz sees, he notices, and he asks about her. Boaz cares for people that other people would have said were below Boaz's station. Let's make a point here. Be kind to the needy. Be kind to the needy. To the needy. Be the kind of person who notices people. Be the kind of person who cares. Well, Boaz asks the foreman about Ruth, and the foreman tells Boaz exactly who she is. I mean, the, the news of Naomi and Ruth returning from Moab had gone all over town. Bethlehem was a small town, after all, so everyone's heard about this woman. But notice this. The foreman already has the permission of Boaz to let poor people glean in the fields. 
The foreman didn't have to wait for Boaz to get to work so he could say, hey boss, these poor people want to come out in the field and get some, get some food. Is that okay? The foreman knew Boaz had already said yes. Why? Because Boaz was faithful to obey the commands of God. And everybody around Boaz knew that Boaz was the kind of man who was faithful to obey the commands of God. There's a fourth characteristic to note for us, okay? A fourth character trait to write down. Be obedient to God's word. Something about Boaz and his character, everybody knew Boaz kept the law of God. Also notice this, Ruth asked to work. She didn't go in the field and demand her rights. Your law says I must be allowed to do this. What you see from Ruth when the foreman relates to Boaz what Ruth said is one of a humble, a gentle woman. These are character qualities we all want in our lives. So let's make a fifth point here. These are coming fast, I know, but it's okay. Point five, be humble and grateful. Be humble and grateful. Ruth spoke gently. She didn't assume she was owed anything. She was kind and soft-spoken. You can just tell. Then, continue to watch Ruth. She's working hard. She's been working all morning. She's only rested a little bit in the shelter. She is not a lazy woman. Then verses 8 and 9, finally the two speak. Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one. But keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they're reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you're thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. So finally, right here, Boaz and Ruth, they meet. And as you would expect by now, Boaz is kind to Ruth from the very beginning. He calls her daughter. Part of that is him just acknowledging he's older than her. He's the one in charge, and she's the, ser- she's the one in the servant uh, position here. But also, Boaz is being extremely kind, very, very loving, very family-loving, very godly. He doesn't call Ruth Moabite. He doesn't say, hey, listen up, Moabite. Stay with my people. He doesn't put her down. He doesn't ignore her. He treats Ruth like she's part of the family. And especially notice here, Boaz asks Ruth, stay in my field. Don't wander on to somebody else's property. Now, why? Why would Boaz say that? Boaz knows that in his own field, he can protect this poor woman. But in other fields, there are other men who would not be so kind, that would treat Ruth cruelly. Boaz even says, I have commanded the servants not to touch you. By the way, this is perhaps the earliest example you'll ever find of a boss instituting a policy to prevent sexual harassment in the workplace. And notice it's not found in some liberal political movement, but it's found right here in the Old Testament of the Bible. God is good. God doesn't change, folks. And Boaz here, he's making sure Ruth is safe. And then he even gives her the right to drink from the water that was provided for the workers. Most of the poor people who were gleaning would have had to bring their own water and get their own water there. But Boaz, he gives Ruth water from the men that are serving. He provides for her her needs. Do you guys see how great the character of Boaz looks right here? He looks, if you had to think of a word, what kind of word would describe Boaz? He looks like a godly man. 
He reaches out to a foreigner. How much, how much has God reached out to people like us who need his grace? God, he, Boaz is kind to Ruth. Boaz offers protection to Ruth. Boaz gives provision to Ruth. This looks like God. And we should learn Christians to be that kind of people too. The Lord has done so much to care for us. We should be caring toward others. So the sixth point, the last thing I'm going to have you write down, it's a character trait, is this. Be a godly protector and provider. Be a godly protector and provider. Now, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to read a few verses, and we're just going to watch Ruth and Boaz in their, in their exchange, and we'll see them having the character that we've already seen and the points we've already written down and the things we want to model. Verse 10, Then she, Ruth, fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? There's Ruth. She's being humble. She's being thankful. She recognizes that it is very special that this gentle man would be kind to her, a foreigner. Verse 11, But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And now you've left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. There, Boaz, again, is the kind of man who notices the needy. He doesn't assume that the people that are poorer than him, people that are from another country than him, are somehow beneath his notice. Boaz is kind. Then verse 12, The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Boaz here is the kind of man who blesses. This is a formal blessing Boaz is pronouncing again. And Boaz recognizes the fact that whether Ruth knew it or not, Ruth has come to Israel to get under the protection of the Lord. The picture he uses is beautiful. The Lord covers over his people like a bird might cover her own young with her wings and her nest. There is gospel here, folks. Those who want to be safe eternally must run to the Lord. We must shelter under his wings. We must go to God and rest fully in what he's provided for our souls. We run to Jesus, turning from sin, trusting in him, and the Lord shelters us. Then verse 13 says, She said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. There's Ruth being humble again and thankful again. She's amazed Boaz would show her the kindness that he shows her. She realizes full well she doesn't have the social status to to presume to be even the lowest one of Boaz's servants. We get a little break in the time here before verse 14. Probably Ruth goes back out into the field and does several hours of hard, hot, sweaty work. Then verse 14, And at mealtime Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. This is even more amazing than what we've seen so far. Boaz elevates Ruth's status. By all rights, Boaz could have treated Ruth as less than a third class citizen, but he doesn't. Boaz sits her down right next to his own hired workers. He gives her the same food he provided for his employees. In fact, the language here says that Boaz himself passes Ruth food from his own hand. And not only is Boaz providing for Ruth's needs here, he's treating her with dignity. And Boaz provides for her how? He provides for her generously. Oh, Christians, pay attention to this. 
Boaz is giving Ruth not what she needs. Boaz is giving Ruth more than she needs. When Ruth has eaten until she's full, she has food left over. Now you might say, okay, no big deal. But you're thinking with the 21st century mind if you say that. To a poor foreign widow in the days of the judges, this is astonishing. For her to be able to eat even enough to be full is amazing. For Ruth to have a doggy bag to take home, that is absolutely glorious. Boaz is not just saying, well, I'll give you what you deserve, or I'll provide for you just up to the limit of what you need. Boaz is going above and beyond to give her far more than she could have ever expected, and even more than she presently needed. That is loving and gracious. We want to be like that, folks, not stingy. We want to be quick thorough, strong givers. Then verse 15 and 16, When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And also, pull out some from the bundles for her, and leave it for her to glean. And do not rebuke her. So now Boaz, look at him. He's providing more for Ruth. Again, more gracious, more exorbitant generosity. And Ruth continues to be a hard worker. Boaz tells the workers, look, don't insult her. Let her gather. Even if she doesn't follow all of the customs and all of the normal gathering rules, that's okay. Just just let her gather wherever she goes. It's fine. He says, you know what, guys? In fact, every once in a while, just go ahead and drop a little bit more. It's okay. Drop some grain for her to pick up. Don't insult her dignity. I'm not just going to hand her food and pretend that she can't work. I'm going to ha- I'm going to let her work. But Boaz makes absolutely sure that her work is fruitful. He's a godly man, and what's he doing? He lets Ruth work according to what she wants to do. She works hard, but he gives her not what her hard work deserves. He gives her significantly more than her hard work gathered. That is a godly giving man. Y'all, we love Ruth and Boaz here, don't you? He's a godly man. There is no hint of him expecting anything from Ruth. By the way, for those of you who love this book and know how it ends, there's no hint here whatsoever of Boaz having any designs on Ruth's person. There's no hint from Ruth's side here of anything. It's just a godly man being kind and gentle to a needy person. And you've got to love Ruth and Boaz here. But I want you to remember here, as in all scripture, this story is not primarily about Ruth and Boaz. Neither is it primarily about you and me. Yes, we can learn from their character. That is good. It is certainly good and right to learn from people in Bible stories, right? Bible narratives. You want to behave like the good ones. You want to avoid being like the bad ones, of course. But human beings in that kind of situation are not the heroes of the story. God is the hero. God's always the hero. And this will take you to point seven, which is the overall point of the passage. It's a little bit longer. Point number seven. God is faithful to provide for the needs of his children and to accomplish his plan. That's what this is about. God is faithful 
to provide for the needs of his children and to accomplish his plan. Look at 17 through 19 now. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. It's been a long day of work. And Ruth comes home with all that she's gleaned. And it's an ephah of barley. Now, again, you might not know what an ephah is, but I'm going to tell you it's a lot of grain. In my study, the smallest measure you can ever find to compare to an ephah is six gallons. So if you can imagine in America, a five-gallon bucket plus another gallon, that's a lot. Most of the commentaries that I read would say that Ruth is trudging home with anywhere between 30 and 50 pounds of grain in actuality. So if you can imagine maybe one of those big bags of salt that you put in your water softener, maybe one of those big old bags of dog food, those 50-pound bags, that big old bag of rice at the store, Ruth picked that up off the ground in one day's work. This is several weeks' worth of food that God provided for this woman and for her mother-in-law in a single day because of Boaz and Boaz's generosity. So Naomi sees this huge haul of grain, and then she sees Ruth's leftovers from lunch. And the older woman knows something special has happened. And Naomi wants to know, where you been? And look at this, Naomi, who at the end of chapter 1 is bitter in her tone now has gone from bitter to blessing. She blesses the one who took notice of Ruth. But guys, the excitement's only building. Watch this in verses 19 to 20. Again, it says, So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. So finally here, Ruth tells Naomi whose field it was where she worked today. It is clearly written, by the way, to build suspense. But finally, oh, you want to know where I worked? Well, I went and worked in a field. Who owned the field? Well, the the man who owned the field. You want to know the man who owned the field? The name of the man who owned the field? You want to know who owned the field? The, The owner? The field owner? His name was Boaz. It's supposed to hit us like, oh, this is good news. And you can almost see Naomi jump for joy. She has blessed Boaz. He is the mysterious provider of grain. She didn't know his name. She was just grateful that somebody took notice of Ruth. But now Naomi, the the, the woman who had turned so bitter in chapter 1, Naomi blesses God and this man because the Lord has not forgotten his faithfulness. God has been faithful both to the living, Naomi and Ruth, and to the dead, to the family. God has been faithful. Remember back in verse 3, by the way? The Bible said, Ruth, happened to end up in Boaz's field. And I told you that the Hebrew says her chance chanced to hit upon that field. Well, see, Naomi knows there's no such thing as chance. God doesn't believe in coincidences. 
The Lord has been directing this story from its very beginning, and now Naomi is starting to see it. Naomi is starting to suspect that the hidden hand of God is at work right here. And the exciting thing here is that Boaz is one of Naomi's dead husband's closest relatives. The Hebrew tells us a little bit more. Boaz is not only a close relative, he is one of their redeemers. What does that mean? We're going to see a lot more of what it means here in the next couple of weeks. But in the Hebrew culture, close relatives were given the right and the responsibility to take care of one another. So, and there were three different roles that the redeemer might play. One, if your close relative owes a debt and you're the redeemer, you as the redeemer might come along and pay that debt so you could rescue your relative from slavery or property loss. That's the first thing that redeemers were to do. And that, whoa, what a great thing that would be for Ruth and Naomi. Also, in the book of Deuteronomy, we find out that if you're single, and your brother marries, and then your brother dies with no children, as a redeemer, you would have, you'd be called upon to marry the widow and to raise up children to carry on the family name. And then a third thing was, if someone were to murder one of your close relatives, the redeemer was called upon to execute justice. So when Naomi calls Boaz a close relative, one of their redeemers, she's starting to see that there could be hope in this man. This could be more than a nice boss Ruth has got. This guy could help us as a family member. Now, what kind of hope? We can't say for sure. Naomi does not hint at it here. But Naomi knows this. Naomi is poor. Naomi is unable to care for herself. She's unable to care for Ruth. Boaz is a near relative to Elimelech. Therefore, Boaz can qualify if Boaz wants to to be a redeemer. Boaz could, if he wanted to, buy back the property of Elimelech for Naomi and for Ruth. That would be great. And we have to think, watching this story unfold, if the Lord saw fit to bring Ruth back, and the Lord saw fit to put Ruth in Boaz's field, and if Boaz has been kind to Ruth, protecting her and showing her dignity, giving her dignity and and providing for her well beyond what her needs are. Maybe, just maybe, Boaz could be kind enough to take care of these ladies. Wouldn't that be awesome? How amazing is this? God has brought these women safely back from a dangerous place. They're poor, they're needy, they're hopeless, and then Ruth goes out to work and her chance chances to hit upon Boaz's field, and Boaz just happens to be a close relative, and Boaz could, if he wanted to, play the part of Redeemer. If this works out, it is going to be a miracle. Then the last verses, 21 and following, and Ruth the Moabite said, besides, he said to me, you shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests. And she lived with her, mother, with her mother-in-law. And I think you can see, if you're one of those people that likes to kind of predict the ending of the story, think you can see a hint of what might happen. Boaz has been sheltering Ruth. Boaz has been protecting Ruth from harm. 
Boaz has been caring for Naomi and for Ruth by giving them food which they need to survive. Boaz has shown generosity that's even bigger than their necessity. Naomi definitely knows this. Ruth should continue working in Boaz's field because Naomi knows in this era of the judges, these dark days in Israel, Israel is an ugly place. Everyone is doing what is right in his own eyes. And many a landowner would either cruelly turn Ruth away or worse yet, do her harm. So Ruth stays on in the field of Boaz during the time of the harvest, and she works hard. In fact, we learn she remains from the barley through the wheat harvest, so a period of a couple of months here. And the question is, now what? Well, again, we have a to-be-continued moment in the story. Tune in next time to find out what happens, because the harvest is over. These women have food. But they need care. They need provision. They need more than a handout of food or the opportunity for Ruth to work through one harvest. These women need a redeemer. And the question is, will the kind and godly Boaz help them further? He's already done so much more than could ever be expected. But for today, look back at the story. And first... Look back at the story and remember that Christians, you want to admire and seek to live out the kind of character you see in Ruth and Boaz here in chapter 2. Like Ruth, be eager and willing to do hard work. Don't be lazy. Laziness dishonors God. And be humble and thankful. Don't act like people owe you stuff. Like Boaz, become a person who is quick to bless. Guys, I've got to say, in my role, I probably hear 10 complaints to one praise. I don't know, that may not be true. It may not be exactly that number. But I know this. Negativity and harshness can hurt people so much. Blessings, praise, words of kindness, words to build others up, they matter. Like Boaz, become a person who blesses. Take notice and be kind to the needy. I've already seen so much of that in our church with people offering to help each other in this season. Keep it up. Be obedient to the word of God. Boaz said, God says, let poor people glean the field. I'm letting poor people glean the field. Let's be obedient to the word of God. And be a godly protector and a provider. And in all things in this, see this, God is faithful. God will provide for the needs of his children and God will always faithfully accomplish his plan. That's what he's doing in this book. He's accomplishing a huge plan. We just haven't seen it yet, but we will as time goes by. And understand this. As Ruth found refuge under the wings of the God of Israel, all of us must shelter under the grace of the Lord. If you want to be protected by God, if you want to be provided with eternal life, you must run to Jesus. Believe that Jesus, God's own Son, died to pay for your sins. Believe that Jesus is alive even right now. Commit yourself to follow Jesus even as you cry out to Him, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. And when you entrust your very eternity to Jesus and His perfectly finished work, the Lord will take you under His sheltering wings and the Lord will make you into a forgiven child of God. That's hinted at here And it's something we all need to know. Let's pray together. 
Father, even now, even as we sit and watch this from separate places, we pray that you would use your word to dig deep into our hearts. Form in us godly character. Form in us hearts of kindness and compassion and love and generosity. Form in us hearts that reflect the gospel and help us be a truly, genuinely gospel people. Lord, for those who don't know you, I pray that you will help them to, to cry out to Jesus right now, believing in him and asking him for the mercy to save their souls. And for all who do know Jesus, we pray that you will take our lives and you will let those lives be tools in your hand to demonstrate your character, to demonstrate your goodness, even as we see your goodness and character demonstrated in people like Boaz in the, the text for today. God, be magnified. We pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen.